Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Bill Barnwell Show. I'm Bill Barnwell. I'll be talking with the Athletics' Ted Wynn all about the Carson Wentz trade to the Colts and about the two, well, for one former Bay Area team in the Las Vegas Raiders and the other Bay Area team that currently exists in the San Francisco 49ers and about their quarterback situations and whether they should be moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr. Ted will be talking with us about all of that in a moment. A couple things first, before we get into this episode, I wanted to quickly remind you of another ESPN podcast. That is the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny. You, of course, know Mina Kimes if you listen to the Bill Barnwell Show, but if somehow you do not, which is very strange, Mina combines her smarts with her unique brand of humor in a way that you don't want to miss. One of the best talking about the NFL each and every week. Download and subscribe to the Mina Kime Show featuring Lenny and, of course, the Bill Barnwell Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there is no competition. And right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a Jets Pizza location near you. Again, try Jets Signature 8-Corner Pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And here's Ted Wynn talking about the Carson Wentz trade. All right, joining me now, as promised, a guy who does incredible work for The Athletic, breaking down things, not only on a national basis, but also maybe more specifically in the Bay Area. And we're going to talk about the two Bay Area quarterbacks with him in a second. But first, obviously, with the breaking news of the Carson Wentz trade, I wanted to bring on my friend, the excellent writer for The Athletic, Mr. Ted Wynn, to talk about Carson Wentz and all that's happening here. So, Ted, first off, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, not not as good as Ted Cruz in Cancun, but you know, <laughs> here in California, <laughs> we 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 still have power and everything, so uh, all good on my end. Man, yeah, it's such a stressful situation there in Texas with the power. I hope people who, <laughs> um, you know, if you're in Texas, hope you're doing okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a a crazy trade here. Not like, I mean, actually, that's not, that's not true. Let me take that back. Not crazy in that I think it's unreasonable, but in an offseason where it's felt like, you know, trades have been so dramatic. Like, I think the the Matthew Stafford trade was such like a, like, huge deal. It, it, it's sort of strange that this deal seems to make so much sense. I mean, it felt like Carson Wentz was always supposed to be heading to the... Indianapolis Colts that, that Frank Reich was going to reunite with the guy who he helped coach up into an MVP season. And then it just happened. Like, you know, there was always talk about the bears. There was talk about other teams. And then in the long run, the Colts got him for it seems to be a pretty fair price. But Ted, in terms of your initial feelings about this, I mean, how do you feel about the fit of Carson Wentz in Indianapolis? I mean, I, I feel like it's a good trade for both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, Car- Carson didn't want to play, for Philadelphia, or they were just trying to move on from him. Uh, who knows what was happening behind the scenes, but they were able, you know, there, there were some reports that he might've, they, he might've garnered 
two first round draft picks, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but I thought the compensation was was great. I mean, you know, you, you potentially have a first round draft pick if um, if the Colts make the playoffs and if Wentz plays at a good enough level to where they are a playoff team. I think they happily would give a first round draft pick mm-hmm. uh, to the Eagles for him. And I, I think yeah, if there's any coach in the league that I would trust to uh, revive Carson Wentz, it would be Frank Wright. He mm-hmm. and we, we've seen Wentz play his best under Frank Wright and. I think he just needs a voice that he can trust. And uh, I think this deal worked out pretty well for both sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I feel like he was worth more to the Colts maybe than any other team in the league, just in terms of having Frank Reich there and having that sort of stability and that comfort level with the coach. In terms of what you saw from Wentz in 2020, I mean, it wasn't pretty. The numbers are are pretty awful across the board. I don't think anybody who works for the Eagles or who covered the Eagles expected Carson Wentz to get benched late in the year for Jalen Hurts. And that happened and, and it felt warranted um, to you. Was there anything that stood out that, that you feel like, um, you know, isn't being told by the numbers when it comes to Carson Wentz's uh, obviously frustrating 2020 season? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's unprecedented to see a quarterback that has played as well as Wentz has. And I think there are some people that are looking back at his really good season and saying there were signs that he, he would regress, but I, I think he did play at, at a high level. Mm-hmm. And we just haven't seen this kind of drop off from a, a young quarterback um, the, the way with what happened with Wentz. And I think there are a ton of issues we could look at when mm-hmm. looking at the Eagles last season. And I think things just snowballed. Um, his offensive line was really bad. I mean, when this trade happened and I knew we were going to talk about it on this pod, I just went back to watch the film mm-hmm. and, you know, the protection was terrible. I mean, yeah. guys were getting through quickly and it was compounded by Wentz just taking these huge pocket movements. Mm-hmm. You know, they're quarterbacks that make small, subtle pocket movements like Tom Brady. But whenever Wentz feels pressure, he, he he's moving, he's taking these huge steps up or he, he's rolling out right away and he's running mm-hmm. into more pressure. And then he's trying to throw a prayer ball up and it, you know, it ends up being a fumble or interception. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, his, his, the Eagles team did not do him a lot of favors last season, but he also was responsible for a lot of these turnovers um, as well. And I think there are some mechanical issues um, in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. There were mechanical issues and he, really honed in on them and got them fixed in his second year. And that's when he, um, that's when he really uh, started to break through. And I I think some of those mechanical issues came back and I I think those are things that he has to focus on. Um, But I think he just needs to really rebuild his game. And Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be a big challenge for uh, Frank Wright, because when he had Wentz the first time, Wentz was sort of a blank slate that he could uh, coach and build Mm -hmm. on. Uh, but this time there are just a ton of bad habits that he has to go in and, and correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. I remember his first year, he really seemed to sail throws over the middle. It felt like he had some issues with, um, you know, throwing interceptions. And we did see him pop up again with a, a big interception total this year. Um, the The biggest thing I noticed from him last year, the most frustrating thing maybe when it came to Wentz was the idea that, um, you know, he just wouldn't let go of the football. He would just try to extend plays. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can do that if you're Patrick Mahomes and 
and Patrick Mahomes does it and does it very well, or Josh Allen has done it very well, but Carson doesn't have those guys' mobility, doesn't have the ability to, um, you know, to separate from uh, pass rushers, maybe the way that he did a few years ago or the way that those guys do. And he did struggle. Um, he took a ton of sacks in those situations and didn't throw the ball away in those situations. And that really hurt the Eagles. Um, do you think that's something that can be coached out of a player to manage the situations better? Or do you think something like that is just innate to a quarterback and just you have to accept that he's going to try and be that guy who, you know, tries to make magic happen and extends plays, um, even if it does lead to fumbles and sacks and, and mistakes from the quarterback? I think you can coach it out of a player because mm-hmm. I think we've seen him play with a little more discernment mm-hmm. uh, before. And I think part of him trying to make too many plays was just it, the, the Eagles defense wasn't very good. He didn't have mm-hmm. a lot of um, help offensively. So, you know, he's, he was pressing. Um, I think it's, it's difficult. It's going to be a difficult challenge to coach that out of him, but I think it's doable. And I think, going to this Colts team where they have a very strong defense, they have a good offensive line, though they have to upgrade that left tackle position somehow, and they have some weapons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think just having those factors will, you know, kind of help him um, have a, a different mindset when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, playing quarterback. But those, you know, I, at the same time, those are some habits that are kind of ingrained in his game now mm-hmm. that, he has to get rid of it and that's going to be a challenge. So I do think it's doable, um, but it, it's, it's going to be on him to humble himself and, and really want to change his game because some of the reports that we were reading coming from Philadelphia mm-hmm. is, you know, he just did not want to take some of the blame for these issues. And if he comes in with that attitude, then he's not going to be able to fix those problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's very fair. And, um, you know, like you said, this is a guy who did grow over the course of his first two years in the league. He was a much better quarterback in his second season than he was in his first season in rookies grow, of course. But like you said, um, you know, whether those have been entrenched or not, um, we'll certainly have to see. I mean, you would figure given what Indy did last year at Phillip Rivers, who is a guy who, you know, different style, of course, but a guy who did play some hero ball you know, in the fourth quarter during his final year with the Chargers where he would throw interceptions, he'd throw 50-50 balls because he was trying to get his team back into the game. But we saw because he was behind a better offensive line, because he was in a more stable situation, he didn't have to make those throws as frequently in 2020. And so his numbers improved. The guy who looked like he might have been done heading into 2020 uh, looked pretty good. Not not great every single week, but a guy who was certainly very good for the Colts a year ago. So with Carson Wentz, I mean, how much do you think the stability uh, and the offensive line play around Carson Wentz will make those sort of adjustments and those changes easier. Yeah, I think it's going to be easier in a sense that he won't have to try, you know, when protection does break down and it's mm-hmm. going to happen, um, he, he won't have to try to make two or three guys miss and, you know, try to throw a prayer ball up, you know, being surrounded by three guys. But, you know, when this offensive line does give up pressure, it'll be, uh, it'll be one guy getting through where he could take a sidestep or he could break away from that guy and mm-hmm. try to make a play outside the pocket that way. So I, I think, um, I think with that better protection overall, he'll be better outside of structure. Um, but again, I, I think this is all, all going to come down to whether he's going to be humble enough to really rebuild his game and kind of start it at zero with Frank Wright and really trust his play calling, not try to change 
too many plays at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. takes what takes what the defense gives him, and, and trusts his defense. I mean, he doesn't have to try to score every single play, uh, especially with this this Colts um, defense being mm-hmm. as good as, as it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he shouldn't have to shoulder too much of the workload. In terms of Indy, I mean, I'm not sure how much you were watching Indy closely this year, but um, a team that does lose T.Y. Hilton to free agency, Anthony Costanzo, uh, veteran left tackle, retires. How do you feel about this sort of core around Wentz? Do you think there's enough around him to, uh, you know, to, to, to compete at a high level, or do you think the Colts have to add more this offseason around Wentz, given the cap space they have? Yeah, I think they have to um, upgrade the left tackle position for sure. I mean, there, there's some talk about, or just with the fans, the Colts fans about, you know, possibly moving Quentin Nelson to left tackle. So, mm-hmm. so that's an important position uh, to upgrade either through through free agency or or through the draft. Uh, so, uh, as far as their weapons, I, I think they have some good weapons. Um, I think they could use a, another number one receiver. Um, mm-hmm. T. Y. Hilton is a free agent, so. But he, you know, he he flashed a little bit towards the end of last season, and it's possibly even if he comes back, I still think they need to add another receiver. Even though uh, they did draft a pretty good one, I can't oh, I can't remember his name right now. Michael, uh, who, Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, yeah, Michael Pittman Jr. I I thought he he played well, but mm-hmm. um, I still think they could add a, a, a number one through free agency. Um, but. Yeah, I think just upgrading a left tackle position, adding a, a wide receiver should be a priority for them. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Um, this seems to be, according to people who would know, which to be clear, I am not one of them as someone I cannot pretend to be uh, part of draft Twitter, but it, it is reportedly a good draft for offensive tackles. So I wonder if that led the Colts to you know send that higher pick in 2022 to maybe save their 2021 first rounder to draft tackle, maybe to replace Anthony Costanzo, um, you know, such a interesting situation for the Eagles, right? I mean, you know, someone was tweeting angry stuff at me on Twitter today. And I just pointed out, like, imagine this time last year, if I had told you the Eagles were going to use a second round pick on Jalen Hurts and they were going to trade Carson Wentz, the guy who had helped lead them to a Super Bowl several years earlier, who everyone thought of basically as a franchise quarterback, possible MVP candidate, that he would be traded. They would eat. I think $34 million, $33 million, $33.8 million in dead money on their cap in a reduced cap year just to get rid of Carson Wentz. That's how toxic that situation would have gotten. I mean, we can't go back and and change the, you know, sort of what led to this deal. But given the circumstances of where the Eagles were, given what happened with Doug Peterson, given that it seemed like Carson Wentz wanted out of Philadelphia. I mean, do you feel like the Eagles did the right thing here? I mean, do you think they should have maybe held on to Wentz and just tried to make the situation work? Or, or I mean, I, I, what would have been the ideal scenario for the Eagles coming out of the situation? I, I think this is the ideal situation. I mean, they, they, it does suck to have to pay that much in dead cap money. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Wentz did not have a lot of trade value with how bad of a season he he had and at the end of the day they were able to uh potentially get a first round draft pick and they were able to move on from Wentz even though they do have to take that hit this year but it doesn't seem like they're going to be a very competitive team Mm -hmm. um this year anyways so this is going to be a rebuilding year for them Mm -hmm. um so I, I you know I think they were hoping to get a little bit more for Wentz but 
they got what they could, and um, now they're going to start a new chapter. So I, I think the Eagles definitely did the right thing here. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I it would have been nice to get you know the Matthew Stafford offer. I think there was a point where they thought they could pressure some teams into making that happen. Didn't seem to be the case. Um, were you surprised there wasn't more interest in Wentz around the league? I mean, teams like the Patriots, uh, Texans, the Bears, maybe most notably, all didn't make a move for Wentz, even though you'd figure they could have matched this offer and many of them could have fit Wentz onto their cap. So, I mean, were you surprised that the that there was nobody else willing to match this offer? Or do you think this is about as high as anybody was going to go? Um, I, I'm a little surprised. I thought I thought that there would be a team that would tr- just give them a straight up first round draft pick mm-hmm. for Wentz, just because I think there's a lot of coaches that think, you know, we could fix Wentz. We we've seen that, that ability. He has that the physical ability mm-hmm. uh, to play at a very high level. He can get away from pressure. He kind of fits the mold of the the modern quarterback. So uh, we think we could fix him, and we'll trade a first round draft pick for him. I, I didn't think they were going to get a lot more than that. Uh, so I'm a little surprised that they didn't. Uh, nobody offered a straight up first round draft pick, especially mm-hmm. with how quarterback needy this league is. I thought mm-hmm. the Bears would maybe offer a first round pick. Uh, so I'm a little surprised, but at the same time, it's not far off than uh, what I thought he was worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of figured the Bears would be that team just because you figure they are so desperate and, and you know really need a first round or really need a quarterback situation to get resolved to kind of keep those guys in their jobs. Uh, with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace into 2021. So I kind of thought they would be the team that would just offer the first round pick and get that deal done. But according to reports today, they did not even end up making a single offer for Carson Wentz. So um, maybe a good thing, maybe a bad thing. I think we'll see in a year. But when it comes to the Eagle side of the snap, they're left with Jalen Hurts and they have the sixth overall pick in the 2021 draft. So let me start with this first. Um, what were your thoughts watching Jalen Hurts this year? I know it was a small sample, only a few games at the end of the year, and dealing with, uh, of course, the same issues you mentioned earlier with the offensive line injuries. Um, but overall, I mean, do you have a, a strong opinion about Jalen Hurts after what you've seen from him uh, so far in college and now briefly as a pro with the Eagles? Yeah, I, I was not high on Jalen Wentz at all uh, as a quarterback prospect. I thought he was a uh, third, fourth rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the, the Eagles reached for him the second round, uh, but he played a lot better than I, I thought he was. I mean, there's still mm-hmm. um, some con- concerning traits um, if you're looking at him as a as a long term quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that surprised me, um, I did not think that he would be this good of a, a runner in, in the league. I mean, he mm-hmm. you know he obviously ran for a lot of yards in Oklahoma, um, but I I, I I thought that his his athleticism wouldn't translate as well as it has mm-hmm. in NFL, and he was really a, a dangerous threat on some of those run option plays. Yeah, and, and he had a lot more anticipation uh, than he did in Oklahoma, which was uh, which I thought was a major problem. He just would not um, let go of the ball on time or early. Mm-hmm. He would wait till guys got open. And that's not a, a skill that you'd see translate or get better in NFL um, so quickly. So mm-hmm. I, I think there were some encouraging signs uh, for Jalen Hurts. But at, at the same time, I don't think he blew everybody away enough for the Eagles just to be content with calling him the quarterback of the future. I think if they have a chance to upgrade and they might have one of those uh, and this is a really good quarterback class. So they might have one of those top guys fall their laps in the draft. I think you, you have to take take one if um, if they have the opportunity. Well, you beat me to my next question. That was exactly what I was going to ask you. Is now um, the Eagles sitting there with the sixth pick? 
Um, you know, I, I mean, do you feel like they are in a position where even though Jalen Hurts did look better than Carson Wentz, I thought for for most of his run with the Eagles last year, like like if you still have a guy you love, if you think see a guy who you think can be a franchise quarterback at six, do you take him? Or do you give Jalen Hurts that year as the starter and then kind of reevaluate in 2021 or 2022, excuse me? I I would take him. Uh, I mean, I think um, I'm kind of in the, um, I I kind of buy the idea of getting just get two, two quarterbacks. I mean, you know, if you have two quarterbacks and uh, you let them compete and they're not going to lose a ton of value. I mean, you know, if if your number six pick, whoever it is, maybe Trey Lance or something Mm -hmm. ends up beating Jalen Hurts. Um, and Hertz is your second string quarterback. I still think you can get good value for him um, in a trade just based on how well he played last year and some of the promise he showed last year. I mean, I don't think you'll uh, get a first round draft pick if that does happen, but you might be able to get a third round, fourth round mm-hmm. draft pick. Um, and and then you you know you have a, a young quarterback that you think could be um, your your quarterback the future. So I, I think just. The, the 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 position is so important that you know I I think you should take a couple chances, a couple shots at getting your your franchise guy, especially in this class where I, I think it's one of the better quarterback classes that we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's really interesting now because not only do you look at what the Eagles might do at six, but now suddenly there's all kinds of confusion here. I mean, look at the draft. The Jaguars, you figure, let's take they're taking Trevor Lawrence at the first overall pick. Jets, we don't know, but they are certainly in the uh, you know, in the range of taking a quarterback at two with the Dolphins. I don't think they'll take a quarterback at three, but like you can't rule it out as a 0% probability. The Falcons mm-hmm. could take a quarterback at four, um, you know, with Matt Ryan getting up there in age, Matt Ryan could be on the trade block possibly. The Bengals, you figure, okay, they're not taking a quarterback at five, but they could be in the market for a possible trade down. The Eagles now seem to be in the market for a quarterback at six. The Lions, could take a quarterback at seven. Um, I know they traded for Jared Goff, but obviously they're rebuilding there. They're, they could take their quarterback in the future at seven. The Panthers could draft a quarterback at eight. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, if you're a team that wants a quarterback in that top eight, if you're towards the bottom of the top eight, or if you're a team outside of the top eight that wants to trade up, like you're going to have to go pretty high to have a good shot at getting your guy mm-hmm. because there could be, you know, four Five, maybe even five quarterbacks going pretty high in this year's draft. I mean, I know you said it's a good class, but like, uh, you know, if you're the Eagles, like, do you try and stay put or are you trying to move up? Just hoping that you don't get beat to your guy. Yeah. I, I think, I think this year the, the price tag is going to be huge to to move up within that, uh, within that top five. And I mean, there's also the option that maybe the Panthers offer them a huge package to mm-hmm. move up to six in case one of the, one of the guys fall that, fall to that position mm-hmm. too. So that has to be uh, considered a, a, as well. Um, so I, I, mean, I just I don't know how bought into they are uh, with um, Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, they they put them they they have some interesting options for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think I I guess I wonder think is maybe the wrong, but I wonder whether. The fact that the Eagles were even willing to trade Wentz tells you that they feel they have a quarterback they can take in the top six who would be a franchise guy for them. Because I do wonder if they would have, if they said that we don't have a guy we like in this year's class, I wonder if they would have been more aggressive about making it work with Wentz. Because, um, 
you know, you have to at least think about what the class is going to look like, what you're going to have a quarterback in, in, in the future. Um, maybe that would influence what they were going to do at the position. Maybe they would have made a different kind of trade. Maybe they would have tried to get someone like a Nick Foles back for the short term. Who knows? But, um, you know, I would not be surprised if the Eagles went for a quarterback at six or at least planning, um, given what's currently the situation, if uh, on the possibility of taking a quarterback at six. Now, Ted, I also want to ask you about a team that is just outside that top eight, the 12th overall spot in the 2021 NFL draft belongs to the San Francisco 49ers. And I wanted to talk to you about both teams and I guess not in the Bay area anymore. I shouldn't say that because one of those teams is no longer in the Bay area, but a team that was formerly in the Bay area a little bit in the Las Vegas Raiders, but with the San Francisco 49ers, I, I sort of wonder what you think, about their quarterback situation. Now let's start with Jimmy Garoppolo because this was a lost year with this high ankle sprain. Um, in, in terms of what we've heard from the Niners all along, they have said, Jimmy's our guy. He's not going anywhere. He's our quarterback it, heading into next year. How much do you believe that? Do you think they're really committed to Jimmy Garoppolo? And given his $25 million unguaranteed uh, compensation due, in 2021, do you think the Niners should be committed to Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, given what they've seen over the past few years? Yeah, I mean, I think Garoppolo definitely has his flaws, but he's also given them their best quarterback option that they they have in a long time, and he he's mm-hmm. won some games. He has he was the starting quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl, um, so I, I think they are. I think they're okay with going into the season with Garoppolo, but at the same time, I think that um, they are actively trying to upgrade, um, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think that they are willing to give up um, a King's ransom for a quarterback, unless maybe it's D- Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think they, they're, they're perfectly content with going into the season with Garoppolo, but at the same time, if they can upgrade, th- they're going to do it. Do you feel like, if you were them, you'd be happy to go in with Garoppolo given his injury history. I wouldn't. I yeah, given his injury history and just, uh, I, I just think his his feeling is so limited. Um, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I just don't think he processed the game very well. And some of those um, crazy boneheaded interceptions, um, mm-hmm. they it, it just happens so often that I, I don't know if it could be coached out of him. Uh, so I think that if I were them, I would do my best to upgrade the, the quarterback position. This guy, I think if you pair Kyle Shanahan with a young uh, quarterback that could potentially be a tier one type of quarterback, you're going to set yourself up for, for a dynasty. Yeah. Um, but I, I get that they're kind of in a win mode, a win now mode, and they, um, they, they want to uh, go into the season with a chance to go into playoffs um, and maybe they're not willing to make a dramatic move. But looking from the outside in, I would, I would want to upgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I talked about this a little bit with Chris Long on his podcast, but um, I just feel like they're so well positioned to trade up because obviously the draft hall it would be significant. I mean, you're talking about probably three first round picks to go from 12 mm-hmm. to, you know, three if they want to get ahead of pretty much everyone besides the Jags and Jets uh, to get a quarterback. But, you know, I, I just think about, um, you know, this roster and they are in kind of rough cap shape. Um, they have just a lot of guys who are free agents. Um, Richard Sherman, Fred Warner, Trent Williams, um, you know, other guys on their roster who are free agents, Jason Verrett uh, as well. And they're going to resign some of those guys. They'll get, they'll get some deals done, but 
I think just this is the right time for that roster to have a valuable cheap quarterback where if they can get that guy and then surround him with what they already have, which is a deep roster with weapons, with a solid offensive line, uh, you know, especially if they get Williams back, they'll have a solid offensive line. And if Western Richburg is able to return um, at a high level. And then of course the defense should be pretty much set. You're losing Robert Sala, but you're getting uh, Nick Bosa back. You're getting, you know, one of the better defensive lines in football when everyone's healthy. Um, that's a, a Super Bowl contender to me. And, you know, I, I could see if they had a sure thing in Garoppolo, but I just, you know, you're paying so much money for a guy who you just can't count on to either be healthy or be great. And if he were Patrick Mahomes with an injury history, you'd say, okay, well, at least he has the upside, but you know, he, he isn't even all that great when he's healthy. So um, I just think it makes so much sense for them to, you know, try and save at least in terms of their cap situation on the quarterback, try and use those savings to lock in players elsewhere and then go for it over the next two or three years with that cheap quarterback and Kyle Shanahan, hopefully, you know, putting that quarterback in the best situation to succeed. Um, I, I just think it makes so much sense to me. And I, I guess, you know, I'm not sure how closely you've looked at the, the quarterback class for this year's draft, but in terms of what you've seen so far, I mean, are, are there any of the quarterbacks who you think really stand out to you as a great fit for that style uh, of, of offense with the Shanahan scheme? Yeah, I, I think um, n- I think none of these quarterbacks really kind of, well, you know, because every, every, people think that um, as long as you're mobile, then you could run the boot and you could run the boot, then you mm-hmm. could fit in Shanahan's offense. But uh People forget it. It, it. This is a hard offense to learn. Matt Ryan took um, took a year to really get this mm-hmm. offense down. Sure. Uh, you know, some could argue that Jimmy Garoppolo still doesn't really have <laughs> some of the the timing and um, timing and and quicks to, uh, to to work some of the quicker pass concepts in this this offense as well. Um, so I, I, I think of all the top quarterbacks, maybe Trey Lance could fit the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think that. Um, Shanahan has kind of changed what he wants in a quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins was kind of his I- ideal quarterback to fit in the system, but he's recently talked about um, just the, uh, the 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 benefits of having quarterbacks that can make those second reaction plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I think that they're not a natural fit in this offense as it is right now. Mm-hmm. But I also think that Cal Shanahan is more than willing to uh, make changes to his offense to fit. Uh, a mobile quarterback or a different style of quarterback. And we, we see them do that with um, RG three in Washington too. Mm-hmm. Um, so he definitely can and, and is willing to do that. So um, again, I don't, I don't know if any of these quarterbacks are a, a natural fit in the system right now. Mm-hmm. Trey Lance is probably the the best, um, but I, I think Kyle is, is willing to kind of uh, move to that more modern style of quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And and certainly, um, like, you know, like I said, given the pieces around him, given how effective the running game has been with, you know, pretty much anybody plugged in at running back for there, uh, given the weapons at receiver with George Kittle, with Debo Samuel, um, you know, just a, a variety of, of, of pieces there to work with. Uh, I, I just feel like it makes sense. And who knows? We'll see. I mean, like I said, they've been very committed to Jimmy Garoppolo publicly, but you know, Kyle Shanahan's a smart guy. Like you know, he's not, I, I, I have to think he's not like totally naive to the, the, the limitations of Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. 
Um, but again, we'll see. Um, certainly a team that we know can win a Super Bowl or at least get to the Super Bowl with a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. They did it two years ago, could make it back this year. Uh, you, of course, cover the Raiders most closely and you watch the Raiders most closely. And I, I feel like this is the question I have about Las Vegas' situation because by the numbers, just by, by, by the sheer numbers, Derek Carr is a very good NFL quarterback. He is among the league leaders in pretty much every rate stat you can find. Um, he does not throw the ball, maybe a ton, but still, you know, he's healthy. He's missed uh, two games, I believe, over his entire career. Now, granted, the timing hasn't always been the best for when he's been less than 100% or banked up, but a guy who has been, you know, pretty sturdy at quarterback, doesn't turn the ball over a ton, um, you know, pretty much just everything you would want. And yet every year we have conversations about, well, this is the year that, that John Gruden is going to make, make a big move at quarterback and, you know, he's going to trade for somebody or he's going to draft a quarterback in the first round. They're going to trade up. Um, last year, of course, it was bringing in Marcus Mariota, which, you know, obviously didn't make a big impact. He barely played uh, for most of the season. Before we get to the idea of what the Raiders are going to do with Derek Carr, let me just start with this. Why do you think people are constantly trying to move on from Derek Carr when it comes to their evaluations of the Las Vegas Raiders? I, I think Derek Carr kind of represents that um, that that old breed of quarterback that mm-hmm. teams are moving away from the the pocket passer, the guy who. Um, wins with their mind and changing plays at the line of scrimmage and all that. And he, he you know, sometimes he's not very exciting. And I, I think in his first couple of years with Gruden, I think there were definitely uh, times where Gruden wanted him to be more aggressive, wanted him to use his legs more. And he, he's talked about that uh, publicly. And he's talked about working that um, working with Carr on improving those issues. Um, so I think in his first two off seasons, I think there is definitely um some dissatisfaction with Carr, but mm-hmm. I think this season he's really made a lot of improvements in his his aggression, his his, his um, willingness to throw the ball deep, and his his accuracy throwing the ball deep, mm-hmm. and also making second reaction plays. I, I don't think that'll ever be a huge part of his game, but I thought mm-hmm. he made some um, big leaps in that area this year. So I think this this season, I think they're this off season, they're a lot happier uh, with Derek Carr and a lot more content to call him their quarterback, the future. Also, his price tag is extremely, mm-hmm. really friendly too. Uh, but but there were definitely signs um, in the past couple off seasons that um, they were willing to to move on from Derek Carr and maybe find um, a more exciting replacement that could play um, out of structure. I mean, look at the contract mm-hmm. they gave Mar- Marcus Mariota. That wasn't just um, for him to be a backup. Mm-hmm. That you know, th- he was there just in case Carr. Um, couldn't make those improvements or, or um, looked mediocre again, th- that they would have a, an option to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it's interesting, right? Because you sort of sit there and say, okay, well, Derek Carr can't do this. And then he does it. I mean, he's never going to be, you know, Mahomes. He's never going to be Josh Allen when it comes to his mobility. But like, this is, a guy who heading into last year was, oh, he can't throw deep. And I mean, that Chiefs game, they won that game in part because he was making big plays downfield. He was hitting those chunk throws. And, you know, even if it's not 
his game on a on a week to week basis. We know he has the ability to um, to do that when the situation calls for it. Um, I mean, do you think this Raiders offense would be significantly better if they you know if they did go out and get a a different quarterback like a Mariota or maybe like after they have Mariota, but like in terms of you know if they had a quarterback with more mobility. Do you think this offense would be better than it is right now? No, I don't think so. It's kind of perplexing because Gruden's offense is really complicated. It's a really high volume offense. He puts a ton into his game plan from week to week, and you need a smart quarterback to be able to handle that. I do think Carr is one of the uh, more intelligent quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. league. Um, so it, it's Gruden kind of it's kind of two faced in the in this because he, he wants a quarterback that can handle a lot mentally, but at the same time, he also talks about wanting a quarterback to make more second reaction plays. And mm-hmm. um, I don't think you're going to find, you know, be able to get one of those quarterbacks in free agency, um, or maybe you could do it through a trade. If you trade, trade for Russell Wilson or, or mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson, but the, those are very unlikely trade options. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're going to go with a the rookie, then you, you definitely can't, um, you can't, he cannot put as much into a weekly game plan as he does with a rookie quarterback mm-hmm. um, that he does Carr. So um, I think he has to kind of pick one or the other. And right now Carr is able to do that. And he, he's shown that he can do that at a very high level. Uh, so I think right now he, he, he's happy with uh, what he has in Carr. I think the only way they, they upgrade is if they uh, could swing a trade for, for Deshaun Watson. And right now he he's not on – the trading block. And, you know, if he does eventually become, get on the trading block, it's going to take um, obviously a lot to, mm-hmm. to trade for him. Uh, so I, I think Gruden is interested in having uh, a more mobile quarterback and he, he sees these guys um, make plays on a week. You know, he sees Mahomes goes out and makes these crazy second reaction plays. And mm-hmm. it's very tempting for him to want that type of quarterback. But at the same time, I think if he has that type of quarterback and he can't handle what he wants mentally, he's going to be pretty frustrated as well. Um, and, and it's kind of a Gruden thing just to be um, just never to be really content with the, the talent <laughs> you have and kind of complaining about it, too. Yeah, that's totally fair. I mean, I think looking through his time at Tampa, I think the phrase I used was like a wandering eye. Like he always has a quarterback he's interested mm-hmm. in. Um, in. In terms of the Raiders, though, like. When we think about okay, well, well, why did the Raiders miss the, the playoffs? Why are they not a a you know a playoff caliber team with a quarterback whose numbers are as good as Derek Carr? You know, I look a little deeper, and I don't have to look that much deeper. And I, having watched this team regularly last year, I mean, they are 14th in offensive DVOA. They were 28th in defensive DVOA. I mean, this is a team that has had a disastrous defense. They fired defensive coordinator late in the season last year. Um, you know, obviously have made tons of investments in terms of first round picks, in terms of free agents, and their moves have not worked. So when we think about the Raiders, I guess I wonder, why do you think we have so many conversations about replacing Derek Carr and so few conversations, at least on a national level, about fixing what has been one of the league's worst defenses under Gruden's tenure with the team? Yeah, I think it's just easy to blame everything on the quarterback. Um, but I agree with you. I think this, the Raiders defense has not been good in, I, I don't even remember the last time the Raiders had a 
even average defense. It's, it's, um, been a long time and I, they just keep missing in free agency. Malik Collins was supposed to be, um, the guy that changes the defense. Gruden calls him the key to the defense and he was a, a non-factor. Um, they can't get any pass rush. Uh, some, a lot of defenders were saying the defense was too complicated under Gunther. Um, and they, they invested a lot of early picks in that secondary and, and it just hasn't, panned out. I think Trayvon Mullen can be a pretty good number two corner. Um, David Arnett flashed a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but he, he couldn't stay in the field. Um, so I think the hope with Gus Bradley is they're trying to simplify the defense and um, Bradley's bringing over some coaches that has coached with them for over five years. And they're hoping they could develop some of the, the young talent uh, under Bradley. But I, I agree with you. I, I, I think this defense needs uh, to get addressed and the, the offense is fine where it is. I think some fans are wanting this offense to be a consistent top five um, type of offense, mm-hmm. um, but uh, they're just not going to go anywhere when the defense is, is, is this bad. So if you were given the option, let's say the Texans call Raiders general manager, Ted Wynn, let's say Mike Mayock is going back to NFL network. Ted Wynn has taken over as Raiders general manager and, uh, Nick Casario calls you and says, Hey, Ted, I am ready to deal you to Sean Watson for your next four first round picks. So you can't use those first round picks to address the defense. You're probably going to upset Derek Carr pretty good. He's not going to be too thrilled about this decision, (laughs) but would you make that move and just say, okay, we're going to try and score 40 points a game on offense. And Deshaun Watson is so good that even if our defense is bad, we're still going to win a ton of football games? As an offensive guy and a a guy that just loves the Sean Watson's game, I would take that trade in a heartbeat. There we go. Because you you could trade Derek Carr for at least one first-round draft pick. I mean, with that contract and the way he's played, you could could get another first-round draft pick back. So you would Mm – and maybe a few other lower-round draft picks too. Um, Then the price tag really would be three first-round draft picks, and I would definitely do that. Mm, I, I suspected that as an offensive minded <laughs> evaluator, you would head in that direction. I would agree with you. I, yeah, even though I just harped on fixing the defense for like for a few minutes, I, you know, I, I just, it would be too tempted at having uh, Deshaun Watson in a John Gruden offense. Best way to fix the defense, just to score 40 every week. So you <laughs> give up 35 a week if they score 40. So, I agree. Um, And that's not to disrespect Derek Carr. Um, And I wouldn't be making a move for anyone less than Deshaun Watson in terms of, you know, his talent level and the skill level. Like I wouldn't be making a a lateral move. I don't think it makes sense for them to, you know, trade for a really high pick and go after a rookie quarterback. I think they are, um, you know, given their current situation, I would address the defense, but Deshaun Watson comes into play. Everything is up for grabs there. And that would be the case for a lot of NFL teams. Uh, when it comes to possibly trading for Deshaun Watson. Um, Ted, in terms of the Gruden era, we'll finish up with this. Um, You know, John Gruden is on a 10-year contract. He is locked in there uh, in Las Vegas. Next year, hopefully, fans in their new stadium for the first time. Gruden has been improving 4-12 and in his first year after taking over for Jack Del Rio as they were rebuilding the roster. 7-9 and year two, 8-8 and year three. Um, I don't think Gruden's in danger of getting fired or anything. I think that they are pretty committed to him in the long term. But in terms of 2021, 
like, like what would qualify as a successful season for the Las Vegas Raiders? I think they have to make the playoffs. I mean, they, they were pretty, they were in the hunt um, late in the season, two years in a row mm-hmm. and um, going into uh, Gruden's fifth year, fourth right? Year. Fourth year. Yeah. Going into Gruden's fourth year. I, I think they have to make the playoffs for it to be a su- successful season. And if they, um, don't make the playoffs. I think that's when um, you could say that Gr- Gruden's bum is getting a little warm, and the, you know they they might have to um, think about re- replacing him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you just can't ha- be paid that much money and, and be out of the playoffs uh, four years in a row. Yeah, I think that's fair. You know, I think I think if they don't make it next year, I think that's the point where it would start being a concern. But um, big year coming up. For the oak for the I keep saying the Oakland Raiders, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but if you want to check out your cover, sorry, if people want to check out your coverage on the Las Vegas Raiders and the rest of the NFL, Ted, where can they follow you and check out the work you do? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FB underscore film analysis, and I'm on the athletic and I, I cover the NFL. And uh, like Bill said, I, I, I do focus on the Bay Area teams as well. Awesome. Ted, you know, it's always a pleasure. You know, I love your work. One of the best in the business. Always happy to have you on the Bill Barnwell show. Love the pod. And uh, thanks for having me on, Bill. All right. Thanks so much, as always, to my guest, Ted Wynn. Excellent, excellent football analysis from Ted. Strongly advise you check out everything Ted does at The Athletic. And thanks so much for listening, guys. Appreciate you subscribing. Hope you guys are doing well. I know it's been a very rough week in certain parts of the country. Um, hope you guys have power. Hope you guys are staying warm. Um, obviously, uh, you know, this is very low stakes and very low on the importance scale, but hopefully, uh, if you're listening, hopefully this is enjoying, uh, hopefully this is giving you something, uh, distracting and hopefully something you can enjoy in a rough, rough week for country, but thanks so much for listening as always. And we'll have more football audio content coming next week.